Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Good boy. Getting big and strong. Snack foods. Yep. <laughs> Body by Cheez-It. Ah, humor. I have it too. Episode 288. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode is not Battlestar Scrolachtica. Incubus fan, you might have gotten that joke. Otherwise, just forgive me. Scrolachtica. Woo, here we are. Episode, what episode? Do you like how I kind of went porky pig on that? We're just 12 away. It's out of my lips from what it once, at one time, was the final episode. Right. Apparently it's not anymore. Well, it depends. You know, I I, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but do you believe in the Mayan calendar? I know Frank and I got our... Yeah. Our contra- our new contract. Did you get your new contract yet? Um, Frank what? and I both got our contracts yeah. in the email from HHWLOD Corporate. Very, very handsome. Sorry about that. Very handsome. Did you get your French benefits? Did you get your what is it? What word did I just? Dead gum cat. The cat did that. Oh, the cat's eating it. There you go. Hey, sorry about that, listeners. I don't care how big your little cat nuts are. <laughs> By the way, it's a boy cat. It was discovered last week. Really? Yeah. Actually, it was this. It's still this week, but last week when we talked about Alan Moore, um, Sash told me that it was a boy. I did not hear that. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so they're uh, apparently starting to drop. Wow, uh, listeners. So anyway, um, this is episode yeah. two eighty eight. Why does it sound so stinky? Why? Where's the mixer? It's still dead. It doesn't what? sound stinky. Generalissimo Francisco Mixer Franco is still <laughs> dead. No. If you'd like to help Half Hour Wasted with the purchase of a new mixer. For recording our shows, please send an email to Brad at Whoa, whoa, hey there, Brad. Hold on just a second now. Got some good news for you listeners. Thanks to your generosity, Half Hour Wasted is now the proud owner of a brand new mixer. It is in transit, which means it is on the way to me. I don't physically have it yet. But thanks to you, the generosity of our lovely listeners. Half Hour Wasted was able to purchase a new mixer this morning as I'm editing this, the day before this show is released. 
So, this is the only Half Hour Wasted Unplugged you'll have left. Thank you so very much for coming through for us. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's a great little mixer. It's bigger than the one we've had. It's got more mic inputs. It's got some built-in effects and built-in compressors. And it's just, it's going to do us right. And we really appreciate your support and the fact that you come back week after week and listen to us. You'll never know how much that means to us. Uh, mainly because we still haven't figured out why you come back week after week. I will have full financial disclosure concerning the mixer purchase next time we record with said new mixer. And like I said, it is in transit. It'll be here in a few days. And then we will schedule a recording session uh, the day or so after I get the new mixer. I have cut out the part of this episode where we give our spiel and appeal to uh, donate for the cause. So... If there are any other references to needing money for a new mixer in the rest of this episode, please disregard, because like I said, you've been so generous and you've helped us. We have the new mixer. It is on the way. So please enjoy the rest of this episode, and we will see you next week with a crisp, clean audio track for your listening pleasure. I was, uh, I was watching, have you guys uh, ever seen uh, Boardwalk Empire? heard of it but I'm, I don't even know what it's about it's about prohibition uh, it takes place in Atlantic City but I was uh, I, you know it takes place in the 30s and one of the characters goes whoa that's a lot of clams and there's an Italian guy there and he goes uh, what? I do not understand what this clams is what do you mean clams and they go one guy tries to explain clams you know like money he goes oh like lobsters and they just look at him and he's just yeah like lobsters like lobsters? Apparently, I wasn't paying attention to what you just said because uh, you're, you're a better so man lost. for it. So I'm, worry about it. I'm crazy lost right now. Okay, this well, is 288. Yeah, I'm 288. Sure I, we solidified that. Think okay, yeah, so okay, we're doing the uh, we're doing it right then. Huh? How long ago was it that we recorded before tonight? Um, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Or that was 86 something. 286. Episode 286 was the last episode we recorded. In episode 286, Frank and I both discussed a couple of TV shows that we had been watching. Yes, while I read a book. Yes. Yeah. Frank discussed True Blood. <clears throat> yeah. I, I discussed Battlestar Galactica. Woo-hoo. Now, tonight, uh, Frank is going to discuss True Blood, mm-hmm. and I'm going to discuss Battlestar Galactica. Right. Again. But first, <laughs> before we get to that, is this the April first show? No. no? So before we get to that, then. it's time for Sage's email. Oh Yay! yeah, we get Sage's. What's his email again? Turge at halfhourwasted.com. T u r g e at halfhourwasted.com. Uh, the first one, apparently, he wrote his father an email. He wrote Dad. He wrote yeah. Bill. Yeah, oh. he says, hey, Dad, I think it's time I got an allowance. All the cool kids get one. Thanks, Sage. And Bill says, dear Turge, ask Brad or Frank. They both have full-time jobs and live lives of leisure. Mm-hmm. For now, about all I can offer is to let you have first chance at the change that falls beneath the sofa cushions. Love, Dad. Oh, Dad. You came back to him. That's sweet. Well, you know, I've always had a policy that you want to be honest with your children. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's basically what I told him. I said, uh, then I said, eat your gruel. <laughs> that part didn't make it into the email. Oh, okay. That's uh, probably because I, I thought it with my mind. <laughs> Callum Reavy. What? Yes. Our birthday boy from last week. I remember that, yeah. So I hope he's still in birthday afterglow. Yeah. He wrote Sage an email. says, hey, dude, I love your work. I hope Mrs. <laughs> Ms. Poopy Pants is treating you well at school. C! Exclamation point. <laughs> Thanks, C! Exclamation point. Mrs. Poopy Pants is an okay teacher. She is, however, an HPOA, though. Sage. H? Wow. P-O-A. That is highly inappropriate from a five year old. HPOA? You guys don't know what that means? A HAPOA? You ever heard that acronym pronounced? No. A HAPOA? A hot piece of. Oh. oh, that is wow. highly inappropriate. Okay, now I've heard the acronym GILF, and you <laughs> yeah. can research that if you want to. <laughs> or TILF, I guess. <laughs> Callum responds back, Tranny? <laughs> he says, hey turd, sounds like there might be an upside to this whole school thing then, and provides a YouTube link for hot the video for Hot for Teacher. Oh, yes. He says, ask your dad who Van Halen is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think my I think this clock is running slow. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that. You want me to do the Oh okay. We'll save his email. I thought you were getting ready to uh launch into uh no. I was gonna have to do that that weird drum <clears throat> weird who, who goes first crazy you? drum Um I guess it thing. depends. I guess I'll go first. So, I finished the show that's on HBO called True Blood. Which we talked briefly, about it two weeks ago. Yeah, briefly, now, it, it's about uh, have, have vampires they, in the real world. Have they finished a season, or have yeah. you just caught up? Or okay, I've caught up. That's what you mean by five. finished. Yeah. Have they finished season five? Yes. Okay, so in, you're caught up with the rest of America. Yes. Is, is there going to be a season six? Uh, I don't know, but I presume it left on a cliffhanger. Remind uh-huh. our listeners and me in one or two sentences what you said about it two weeks ago it is a lot of fun okay it is it has a great storyline that just brings you back to it it's it's um what's the word I'm looking for vampant and they all fun? talk like sugar vapid 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 vapid, vapid meaning lightweight lightweight fun lacking substance yes yes now, one thing I didn't bring up last week, which I think is kind of important, and it's part of the design of the show, is that the ending of each show is the beginning of the next show, the immediate next Does scene. Has it done that every episode? It has done that, for all I know, for except for one episode, which took place a few minutes You mean all later. four or five seasons did that? Right. That's so, very ambitious so right when that now during the episode a week could pass a month could pass time could pass but when that show ends the next one picks up with the exact same scene so that it so when you get to that oh you know again sorry this can all be avoided if you contribute to the uh mixer um the mixer fund, the or mixer fund. as we like to call it here at corporate, the mund. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, we're not actually corporate, but okay. I'm sorry, Frank. 
But uh, so that's uh, so. Uh, I can edit all that crap out. That, it's a lot of fun. Um, I was given warnings about season five. Mike Schwartz. Mike Schwartz, Oceanverse, said that season five is a disaster. He said it was like they stopped trying. Right. <laughs> that's always a good sign. And I will give him that. Okay. Well, I, well. Okay, let me rephrase that. I think they were trying too hard. Too hard. And here's what I mean. Um, Did they lose their way? Up until season four, they had been very good about having one storyline and a couple of subplots. And okay. they all kind of, and they complemented each other. Season five had a lot of plot points that some intersected, some didn't. Characters were doing their own thing. There was not a focus to it. Except maybe that last episode, which I have to say that last episode was a was a real OS moment. Oh boy! Um, and <laughs> it, I can't wait for it to pick up on the sixth season. So yes, I guess I am going to watch it. Wow! But, um, but yeah, that fifth season, there is so much going on that you just kind of feel lost. And their storylines that they're trying to give all these characters, major and minor. Their own little storyline. Is it because maybe they didn't know if they'd have a season six? No, it didn't feel like that. It, okay. it felt like all these characters are becoming popular and they need to have their own storylines instead okay. of being second bananas. How oh many different boy. characters are there? Like, me, all right, like let me think. One, in Maine, like, two, you know, Lost had a three, cast of what, 12, 15, four, 16? Five. <laughs> I would say there's five main characters and just okay. off the top of my head... Four minor characters. Okay. And imagine all those storylines going on at yeah. times. Some are more interesting. Some are dealing with vampires and stuff. Other things are mundane things like, um, you know, oh, we're not getting the groceries for the store. And, and or we got to go to the store and get groceries. But the car is not starting. You know, sometimes it was just very silly stuff like that that really wasn't that interesting. Okay. And, and you just kind of struggled with it a little bit. Um I still recommend it to anyone who's who's looking for something that's just kind of fun and easy. If you go up to season four eh, and watch season five, you know, hopefully you'll have a TiVo or something like that. And if there's a storyline you don't really care for, just flip to that storyline that you do. Because, you know, they'll spend, you know, five, six minutes on one storyline to move to the next one and stuff. Wow. There's not a lot of crossing over. Uh, Lafayette, for those who do watch, the character Lafayette storyline was probably my least favorite because it turns out he's a vessel who can, spirits come and inhabit his body. And he's okay. talking, so he's a medium. And it just gets kind of old because his reaction is always the same. It's like, oh crap! You know, it's like it's always a surprise even <laughs> though he knows this is going to happen to him. Is that like his catchphrase? Oh, crap. Oh, no. He, he's got a catchphrase that is not family friendly. Okay. So. But um, if anything... Son of a beast. <laughs> uh, rhymes with witch and... Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, you could take it from there. Um, I don't get it. Uh, but with that, I, I would suggest watching it. It is a lot of fun. It's not great, but hey, you know, pretty girls. That has a lot to do with it. Are they? Yes. Okay. Very pretty. Speaking of pretty girls, Mm -hmm. one of those is Anna Paquin. Yes. Yes. Who is in a movie that both you and I recently watched. I just remembered we wanted to talk about this. Yeah. I watched it last night. 
Yeah, it holds up, doesn't it? It was in, if you remember, it was in my top five superhero movies That's of right. all time. Which We're is, talking about X-Men 2. Yeah. Watched it last night. Frank, when did you watch it? Uh, I happened to catch it on HBO and I recorded it. And it took me two days to watch it just because yeah. it's kind of a long movie. It's two and a half hours. It really is long. Yeah. I was surprised at what time it was when I finished it. I was like, I'm supposed to be asleep already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, seeing all those heroes together and stuff is really nice. I have to say, I could give... I could care less for Cyclops' character in that. Yeah. He really is just pointless. I, well, I just, just I understand why he's in the story. He has to be a foil to Wolverine sure. to win over Jean Grey. Right. But it's even though they're married and stuff, but uh, but the movie as a whole, wow. We're talking about X Two X Men United. He becomes incredibly whiny. He does. He? When's yeah. the last time you saw it, Bill? Um, well, I tried to watch it last night. Did you? So yeah, funny story, I guess. I uh, go and I, uh, I I talk to you fellas about uh, reviewing it, and I said, no sweat, got the disc, it's all good. Pulled the disc out of my cabinet, opened up my disc, uh, opened up my DVD, and uh, yeah, disc two is there. Disc one, <laughs> not is halfway. It? Where is it? I don't know, dude. Huh. If I knew where it was, I would have watched it. And it's one of those where I literally don't remember, literally yeah. don't remember the last time I watched it. It's probably been a couple, three yeah. years. And so it's like, if this has been out of the case for two or three years, then I don't have a chance, a snowball's chance in Hades of figuring out where it is. Certainly not. And good heavens, it was already past my bedtime last night um, when I started looking for it. I figured I'll watch at least half of it. Maybe you know the, the bill from two years ago? Mm-hmm. He didn't have a bedtime. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I didn't have a bedtime. Well, you know what? Um... I've, I've been very uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been freelance for a company where I've had to. It's twenty some odd minute drive, but I've had to be there at seven every morning. Yeah. So um, it's not too bad. I mean, I can get out of bed. It's life changing, isn't it? I can get out of uh, bed at a little after six and be out of the house by six thirty or so. Changing. Hello, um, professor. It's weird though. Um, I don't know if I've, I. I know I mentioned this to uh, uh, the professor, but uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the air. Probably haven't. Um, even though there was really only about a 10 minute difference between my drive down to my former workplace and my drive to this workplace, it is so much easier to get up, to go to this gig that I've got and, you know, don't take this personally. This has nothing to do with you, of course. Not at all. But... Maybe it has something to do with the fact that I really like going to this place I'm going right now. It has everything to do with that. Yeah, and it's odd because I didn't realize, um, I think, until probably just a couple months ago, um, how little I liked going to that last place. It has everything to do with that. (laughs) There is, um, early in my career, I had a job where I had to work downtown. Okay. Dallas. And uh, it was actually with an ad agency. And guys, that was... Probably the worst two and a half years I ever had. Yeah. Wow. People are mean and they are just backstabby and they like to yell. What in an ad agency? Yeah. Why? And, uh, it was. Um, yeah. The day I got out of that job, I was so happy. You know what we do really well, the three of us. What tangents. <laughs> Speaking of tangents. Um, <laughs> X Men Two, it. I really don't have any complaint about that movie. Now I'm not 
fully invested in the X-Men universe mm-hmm. like I am the Spider-Man universe, okay? But I just really, really enjoyed that movie again. It was just so good and well thought out. Yeah, I've got nitpicks like everybody else does, Cyclops being one of them, mm-hmm. kind of a whiny baby. Um, but Hugh Jackman, you know, he's such a good... Wolverine. He's that, just, that he is meant to play that role. Yeah, just so incredibly fit for that role. And he, you know, comic book Wolverine is a short, stocky guy. Yeah. Hugh Jackman certainly is not that. But he gets the spirit and personality of Wolverine down. Yeah. Just like, and then the part when the commandos are invading the school, right? And Wolverine is protecting the kids and just berserking out that it it gave me goosebumps again last night because that was such a perfect uh interpretation of wolverine in his career. yeah I mean, it, it, it really is i mean he's just and that's a that's a role that can be so easily melodramatic or overdone mm-hmm. well, and he plays it with just the finesse of of a human being and not a superhero. I, mean, I love that scene, but I think my big problem with that scene was that scene was the biggest tease in the entire movie. How's that? Because and again, I'm doing this from memory. My apologies, my apologies, uh, listeners. But um, in that scene, you get to see Colossus, yeah. but you don't see him turn to metal, do you? You do. You okay, see one for time, about one second, he walks yeah. into a room. Yeah, there's commandos and they're about to pick up a kid or yeah. something. He walks in. And it's like from the from down up, his yeah. body changes into like shingles of yes. metal, you know. And do you get to see uh, Kitty Pride in that scene? There's uh, a girl. Who, this was always weird. There's, There's a girl a... who's in the bed, and she when she hears the gunshots and, and the guys mm-hmm. come in, she phases through the bed down. Yeah, we saw Kitty Pride in the first it wasn't, movie. Was yeah. was she it Ellen, ran through that door? Was it yeah. Ellen Page? It was a no-name actress. It was a no-name actress. Yeah, it was such a okay. quick shot that you really couldn't. Okay, that I it really couldn't see. In fact, she. I seem to remember she but, had brown hair. Okay. And I always imagine Kitty having dark hair, like black hair. I don't remember. But. Yeah. Um, so my big problem uh, with that scene, and not not a big problem, but just you hint at us that there is this entire world of mutants. After you know, in the first movie, we basically just got the core group. You know, plus Sabretooth, plus, you know, a couple of Brotherhood of Mutants. Uh, brotherhood of Evil Mutants, excuse me. Even. As opposed to the Brotherhood of Good Mutants, which is there to oppose them. Even. In all their many forms. Um, yeah, so it just, to me, X-Men 2, uh, that, that scene especially just felt like a great tease. It's like, show me! And, you know, then you get to X-Men 3 where they do show you all these great characters, but it's in far less of a vehicle. Quality-wise, what a bummer. Um, that's one of those that I've seen, you know, the box set on sale on Blu-ray. I have all of them on DVD. Well, I have two out of three on DVD, I guess. And I've always thought, you know, if I had all the, you know, if money just wasn't an issue, it'd be nice to have it. But I just don't need to watch any of those three movies enough to go score the Blu-ray. Now, you guys piqued my interest in X2 because I think that was pretty clearly the best movie of the series. Um, except for... The 
insipid Cyclops Jean Grey thing, which I always had issues with. I Cyclops mean, isn't in the movie that much. Either. No, and yeah, he. But unfortunately, well, when he is, it doesn't it's, work out it's well like, for him. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's um, grow up hair. Well, it, it's there's too much teen angst out of a character that's not a teen. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I've always found it interesting that uh, that. Oh, you know, you're the only person for me, and if I can't love you, it's my life isn't worth living. You know. Um, now, I guess you know it's easy to easy to say big words out of my mouth. I guess. Okay, so. I do have one nitpick at the very end. Please. After Jean Grey dies, mm-hmm. supposedly, Wolverine goes up to uh, Scott and says, "She made a choice." She chose you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but there wasn't enough emotional involvement between the two of them for her to actually hit, for it to actually have been a choice on Jean's part. Well, yeah. I mean, she did kiss him at one point. There, there well, was... he kissed her, and she was like, "Hang on, buddy." Yeah, but, it, so. but she. I mean, there wasn't that. But there was resistance, but it was yeah. it was true. A, a slow resistance. That's and, true. And. You know, that that line, it's, you know, I think Wolverine was just trying to put a big good face on it for Scott because she did save the team by doing what she did. I mean, that that was her goal. And, you know, I don't think it was really just to save Scott. I mean, I'm sure she loved him a lot, but it was to save the whole team. Yeah. But there, there really isn't for me, there really isn't a whole lot to complain about that movie. I, it was just holy cow Rebecca Romaine Stamos <laughs> is just a gorgeous specimen yeah I love the I love the whole scene where she uh, seduces the guard mm-hmm. and and then they're kissing in, in the bathroom and then she does the, the shot of iron it but I mean and that's just her beautiful her yeah and uh, yeah she's she's a beautiful woman in that movie it's not hmm, I don't know if she's that beautiful anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen her lately, I think. But anyway, it was just, it still holds up. That movie still holds up. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a franchise that they, that, you know, 3 was definitely the weaker of the movies, but I still remember liking it. But X2, but uh, X, the next class, that was a lot of fun. Well, first, X class. first class. Yeah. X-Men 3 may have been the most cheese ball of those three movies I mean by a fair margin but it did that movie it did have the one moment that really that really affected me um, that scene where you watch uh, Xavier get peeled away bit by bit by Jean Grey mm-hmm. in the third movie I mean in the theaters um, I'm trying to remember that the first time but I went back and saw it at the dollar theater um, you know whenever it hit the dollar theater and I remember um, getting pretty misty at it. And I think a lot of it is that the music score is very evocative. Goodbye, I find Professor. Professor. <clears throat> All right. Where's our kisses? <laughs> Come on over. You can have one. All right, now. Battlestar Galactica. Two weeks ago... As of this recording, I was singing the praises of 
the Battlestar Galactica remake. Yay. I want to bring up the episode list, so... Okay. I listened to that episode recently, and I had said in that episode that I was halfway through season one. Okay? And I was praising it. You were at least... You were at least invested in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I Absolutely. said. I think I said I was really enjoying it. <clears throat> now, a week ago, so it was only one week from the time of that recording to what I'm about to say. <clears throat> in seven days is all it took me to decide that I was done watching it. Couldn't stand it. I made it to episode five of couldn't season. Stand it. Couldn't stand it anymore. Made it to episode five of season two. Okay, that's, that's it. Yeah. The farm is the name of that one. Oh, I'm trying to remember which one that is. That's the one where Starbuck finds all the ladies being impregnated in the Cylon facility. Okay. They're trying to grow Cylon babies. Yeah. That has that episode is probably the silliest thing I've ever seen on television. That's now, quite a bit. <clears throat> I probably watched, okay, the five episodes of season two, and then half of season one. How many episodes are in season one, Frank? 20 in a sec. Still getting there. 20-ish? Maybe not 15? Oh, here we go. Season one. Uh, 13, not counting the miniseries. 13. Okay, well, I counting the miniseries <clears throat> might have been, well, on Netflix it was... That was two episodes. So I think on Netflix it's 15. So about seven episodes to close out season one and then five episodes of season two. So in the span of 12 episodes, I decided that I was done. Um, it finally... It got to the point where I was like... I didn't... And I remember saying how much I enjoyed Adama... Yes. It got to the point where I couldn't stand him. Really? I couldn't stand the ease with which Dr. Baltar accepted this mysterious woman in his head whenever he wanted to talk to her. Uh, I couldn't stand the wishy-washiness of Lee Adama when it came to his loyalties to his father, to the president. Um... The only character I actually still would be interested in is Colonel Ty. Yeah, he was amazing. Um, if I watch the show anymore, and I'll tell you what, a week has gone by and I haven't thought twice about watching another episode. Um, it just got... It, it took me 12 episodes to realize that I, in fact, could not stand any of these characters. That's weird. That, that's one of the Except major... Except for Colonel Ty. That's one of the major differences between you and me. Uh, one of the few major differences is that I get into a story like that and I I really need to know how it ends. Well, and even that's if I don't usually en- me even if I don't too enjoy because the process. I love continuity. I love yeah. stories. I love beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. But well, in this instance, I'm just not going to put up with their crap. I okay. I don't for know me, how else to say that. That's not exactly accurate, but I don't have a I don't have a, I don't have any issues with the idea that you're just tired of it and just not interested. That's certainly fair enough. Um, for me, um, 
That, that was actually, uh, for me, it, it bogged down in the third season. Was it the third season, Frank, where they were on the planet? They, uh, they found their new Caprica, and it... I closed you know, that page. It, you keep talking. I'm going to find it. It became a... Um, they're basically living in tents on a big patch of mud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is living? I think I'd rather go back to the ship. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, they're, they're finally back on land, and this is new Caprica, it, and, and the Cylons are actually... They, it's, it's a... Um, What's what I'm looking for? Um, um, a fascist state. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that to me. Occupation, season three. Okay, that to me was that was the part I had to dig through, and and for me, I, I for you, I guess it was a cumulative thing where you just you became more and more disenchanted yeah. each episode, and then you finally hit the breaking point with the episode of the farm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think maybe it had a lot to do with the fact that I had a week or more to reflect upon each episode or not to in between each episode. I was not wa- I didn't have the context to watch them bang 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 bang. Yeah. No, I now, that's how I watched them. I watched them bang 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 bang. Okay. And I didn't mind it that way. I, I was invested enough in the story mm-hmm. that I was curious how it was gonna yeah. end up I, and and I was more curious about how this ends because there was always told it was always said that it was going to end. There was going to be an end. Now this is how most people watch shows mm-hmm. nowadays: is bang, 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 bang. I think so. Well, I rent them on. I don't. They'll, they'll <laughs> buy the I mean, box set, or they'll watch them on Netflix, or whatever. Yeah, unless they unless or they they'll let them stack up on their DVR. Unless they stack up on my DVR, I'm I'm not prone to uh, doing that. Now, well, and the if professor you think about just it, did that with Breaking Bad. Right. It, it took her about it took her about two weeks to run through. All four seasons of Breaking Bad. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm getting up the next morning. She's saying I was up till three thirty last night. I watched four episodes. It's like, dang, how do you do that? With the advent of DVDs, this was never possible. And then with streaming, this is yeah. now you can watch back to back to back to back. Yeah. I mean, with VHSs, you really, you know, you would either have to buy the whole set, right, to do that, and and you know, DVDs just make it that much more. Um, realistic and with streaming it's even that much better I'm about to say streaming it's gotten to the point where I've got the first two season sets of uh, Star Trek the original series on Mm Blu-ray and they're also streamable on Netflix and I sit there and go maybe I want to watch a Star Trek episode and I'm not going to get up and pull a DVD out of the cabinet load it into the player and wait for it to cash up and have to select an episode when I can just watched on netflix you gotta be kidding me i mean so you want to talk about a a, you know first world problem there that that's how i watch americans true blood and because of the way it ends yeah i was always like well crap you know i gotta see how where is this is going and usually i would watch maybe 10 minutes into it see how it got resolved and then stop it and pick that up later but um yeah, that's it. it's just fascinating how we watch television now. You know, episodic TV, unless it's a show you really want to watch, or sports. Yeah. I mean, sports is, you always want to watch that live when you can. You know, I think I enjoyed all of season one of Battlestar Galactica, because I think if I hadn't, then I might have been hesitant to start season two. But I think the first, the only five episodes of season two that I saw, they they just got progressively sillier. You're talking about BSG here. Yes. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> the, Sorry, the, I wasn't the first, 
the like when Adama got shot, right? And then um, Lee Adama put a gun to Ty's head. But, oh, he's a pilot. We need him, so we're going to let him out of jail to work. And then when he's not working, we'll put him back in jail. Oh, it's yeah. just really hard to, to swallow that. Um, and huh. Adama was out for so long. Ty got to shine, yeah. Yeah. But it just seemed like the episodes got sillier and sillier. And until, you know, when I watched that fifth one, I was like, I just don't care anymore about the show which is really sad because I really wanted to like it well you gave it a shot now you know know what it was about and stuff like that I mean you know now you know yeah right so it's definitely not to your taste and you know it's one of those shows I'm glad I watched I had a good time with it now if I had given up on Babylon 5 in the first season yep then I wouldn't have been utterly thrilled with seasons two, three, and four. That very well could apply to this Battlestar Galactica situation. I just, for me... It really could. um, There were a number of times, I mean, like, stretches of the series, not just like an episode here, an episode here. There were stretches of the series that I found, I I, I would tell uh, the professor that, you know, it's a good show, but I'm really not having any fun watching it. Right, and uh, a lot of that, you know, I mean, it, it's still what I think. What I what I think was quality writing. Um, what I think was pretty decent acting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and revisit it. Uh, I certainly can. Thank you, Netflix. Though I've got a lot of other things I'd rather watch uh, again before. There's that. other things I want to watch. So aside from watching maybe some key episodes, I've already been through that adventure. But <laughs> there are, but there are some amazing moments in that show that that you are missing out on. And you know, I'm not I'm not here to try and talk you into going back and giving it a second chance, man. But um, the episode, uh, in particular, uh, the episodes with the uh, the Pegasus. I think are amazing. The episode that resolves uh, the occupation storyline where they're on New Caprica is amazing. Um, I'm not going to tell you that the final episode is amazing. I think it is extremely appropriate, and I like the way it ended. But uh, for me, the one single episode that just truly made my brain explode inside my head and then reconstitute itself in a different form <laughs> and then I never quite thought the same way about anything ever again um, was the episode I think it was the last episode of season how many five seasons yeah I believe so okay the last episode of season four um, the one where Kara finds the way to earth and the one where the the fi- the final five you probably heard references to the final five Cylons nope Okay, well, you didn't need to. No, he's that not far. there yet okay. because that's season. Well, so we, we know of we know of six Cylon units, six Cylon models. Yeah. Um that that they established that in, from the first episode right. on. Um it turns out that there are twelve. And what five of them and again I'm doing this from memory, Frank, so correct me if I'm wrong, but five of them are not a series, they're single units mm-hmm. and they are part of the fleet, and nobody, including themselves, know who they are. And then that becomes a big point about who are they. Right. And that, that really chugs you along because they, te- yeah. they do a good job of teasing you 
you think it's this one character. No, it can't be that well, character. Boomer's it's that not character. one of those. The, well, uh, she was part of a series. Right. Yeah, we, we yeah. knew Boomer was already. Okay. Um, but when the fi- I think, or was it, there's final, there's final five, but it is, it's four of them that get revealed. Gosh, I wish I, I wish I remembered the exact details of this. My apologies, listeners. I'm sure a bunch of you are throwing your, uh, your, your podcasting machines right now. And I'm sorry about that. But, um, but in the, the final episode of the fourth season, I believe when it, it gets revealed who these are and they're members of the fleet and they're not happy about it, by the way. Yeah. When they find out that they when are they find Cylons. out that they are Cylons, sure. and it's this the, the mechanism something doesn't click in them the, and go, the sto- "Oh, I am a Cylon." No, I'm that's not the way. It. That's not the way it happens. And they don't the story, believe it. Like the, they, the storytelling mechanism that that is used to draw to to draw them literally and metaphorically together is just it's an amazing episode. And the whole episode, the thing that that really trips me out about it. Is the whole episode? They have this this um, uh, recurring theme. Literally, um, it's uh, Bear McCreary, the guy who does the music for the show, does this rearrangement, this extremely trippy rearrangement of uh, Dylan's "All Along the Watchtower." I actually have it on my computer. And that song, that song haunted me <laughs> for months. And it just the way the the music integrates with that one episode and. You know, if you're putting your, if you're able to put yourself into the place of these characters, you are wigged out like they are. And then the way the episode ends with, I think, uh, is that the one where Kara ends up basically going through the wormhole? Um, and, and I mean, she goes through the looking glass basically. And I mean, you've got to gut through the first four episodes to get to that point. Um, and who knows? Maybe it won't even affect you like it affected me because you haven't bought it up to this point. And again, I, I'm not trying to talk you into watching it, but there are there are some to me, the shining moments of that series, especially including oh, this one, um, the shining moments of these series uh, made gutting through the rest of it worthwhile, at least to me. Maybe someday I'll be interested, you know, in, in yeah. finishing it up. But yeah, well, I said I don't know, man. Those first five episodes of season two just left a really sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Frank. I mean, it is dark, and it is. Um, Grim, and there's very few happy, smiling moments. And there are some mind. very angry people in there. I don't mind shows like that. Mm. I mean, but, you know, for whatever reason, the, the season two just wasn't working for me. You know what? I, we forgot to mention, and you guys, I didn't even mention it. This is the first time I brought it up all night. Forgot to mention. The new show on the Fr Wasted Legion Dudes Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, the Shield Podcast, dedicated to the upcoming Shield television show. That's right. By Joss Whedon, uh, Johnny M and I recorded an episode zero about the uh, Shield TV show to come. You can find it on the uh, on the YouTube. The YouTube, not the uh, YouTube, the iTunes, um, <clears throat> and it's right now. It's just one episode that's up. Uh, we kind of wait for other news items to pile up before we record another show, and we're certainly going to include any of the rest of the podcast network who wants to participate. This is not just a John and Brad thing, like maybe Podcatraz was, but uh, we wanted to go ahead and get 
some real estate on iTunes mm-hmm. and get a feed going. You can go to shieldpodcast.com for that. There's a Facebook group, Shield Podcast. Uh, or you can follow Shield Podcast on Twitter. So um, we kind of talk about our hopes for the show, just a little bit of news that had been announced. So if you're interested in that uh, show coming up, you can check out that podcast, Shield yeah. Podcast. And going back to that, to the music. Yeah, I want to hear that. The, here, by by here. the way, Bear McCreary does the music for Walking Okay, uh, yeah. by the way, it's, it's only four seasons. Um, and uh, so I'm trying to figure out, uh, is it Escape Velocity? What episode is it? Uh, yeah, I, this is from season seasons. three. Here it is. Oh, maybe it's the end of season three. Yeah, That's it is. Because okay. I've got the soundtrack to Battlestar Galactica season three. So this was on PSG? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, well, it is a typical episode. Some of the characters do things that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's an interesting choice to use a quote-unquote real song. And that's one thing that really tripped me out was I recognized this song, but but why why he was choosing to use a song that was written by Bob Dylan yeah. in a show that could not be more alien. Yeah, yeah. It was just, I, I mean, everything in that episode was just, everything was at such oblique angles. Yeah. I mean, it was just... It was just parts of your brain just just being forced to crash into other parts of your brain, and it was it was really just kind of amazing to me. Don't get me wrong, I was very excited. I really enjoyed a lot of it, but five episodes in a row of nonsense really got to me. Let's see. let's hope you know that I come around, but right now I'm just not. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to like everything. Yeah. How far are we into this program? We uh, can, we're probably a little more. 43 more. minutes? Yeah. I got to shoot tomorrow, so I say we close it up. Yeah, I'm actually. What is that? This is, the, this is that scene. They. As they. As they each start realizing that there's something wrong, and then they realize they're Cylons, they're they're hearing this song. They're hearing all along the watchtower. It's not oh, just yeah. background. It's not just incidental music. They're literally like repeating the lyrics of the so song. Well, does that get explained as as to how they know of? Not I, I, I don't I remember. I think it's it. more of a device. It's sure. Not, it's okay, not let me meaning. ask you this: Do we ever find out what? Year of our Lord, this show takes place. Yes, at the at the very end, okay. you do, at okay. the last episode. Okay, that's interesting. This is part of the arrangement of this song, by the way. You know what? I'm not going to listen. And they are yes, all that, because they that, are that, all that is giveaway up. There's a lot of giveaway in that type of scene. But it's just just, in case one day I watch, I don't want to... Yeah. Okay. If you give me a moment, I'm trying to find someone's interpretation of... Give me just one minute. See if I can find why they use that song. Um, Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so it just... Yeah, so this, this guitar riff starts becoming... Very simple riff. And again, if you've never heard the original song, you wouldn't even recognize it. I mean, you're in sitar in there, and, and it's just... Alright, stop playing it, because I don't times. want it to be spoiled Dude, for me. I want to go back and watch. This is one of the episodes that I went back and watched probably three times total, just because it it had me so tripped out. Um, I, I really enjoyed the the journey took me on. But I, I've you know, again, you know, I I like Grant Morrison. I like Dune, and so I like being confused and tripped out by things. You know, I I like the roller coaster ride that you don't see the ending of. So that's just me. Uh, yeah, I just found this right now. Uh, why yeah. the song was used? The song. The episode is Crossroads Part Two, by the way, into season three. Uh, Christopher Ricks has commented that all along the Watchtower is an example of Dylan's audacity and manipulating chronological time. At the conclusion of the last verse, it is as if the song bizarrely begins at last, and as if the myth begins again. Over 25 notable bands have performed covered versions of All Along the Watchtower. Wow. The definitive cover was performed by Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. Many people are unaware that this version was not the original. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ron D. Moore points to views actually... Oh, Ron Moore's point of view actually mirrors what Dylan himself had said about his songwriting early in his career. The songs are there. They exist all by themselves, just waiting for someone to write them down. I put them down on paper. If I didn't do it, someone else would. Didn't really answer a question. I, I just came across that. <laughs> so somebody out there, if you're listening, and you have any idea why Bear McCreary and Ron Moore chose to use this song and this arrangement, I'd love to know, because I don't. But yeah, um... So for me, I don't think I'm even trying to talk you into watching it because of the storylines. It's because of all the other stuff that goes on with it. Man, I didn't even get into uh, talking this week. Um, I guess this can keep, but um, oh, I've been buying a couple of comic books recently. I decided you know, a couple months ago that I could allow myself to buy The Legion because I'm a completist, and I could allow myself to buy The Fantastic Four because that's always been my favorite title, I guess, except for maybe The Legion. And I've spoken on the show before about uh, Miller and Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four just being probably one of the great runs in my comic book reading lifetime, which has spanned almost 40 years now. And Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four is getting ready to come to an end. I'm very happy that they're having what I think is one of the other great writers, um, Fraction, taking it over. But what he's going to do with the second Fantastic Four title, I'm not sure I'm good with at all. It's an interesting idea. Um, Fraction is going to take the Fantastic Four, and they're apparently going to become truly the Explorer Imaginauts that we are told they are as they go on a tour around the universe. Oh, that's and awesome. <laughs> while, they're, 
While they're gone, though, they leave a team behind, a hand-picked team behind to guard the Baxter building and the planet or whatever. And it's basically, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember everybody, but it's going to be uh, Ant-Man is one of them. I don't know if it's Scott Lang. I assume it is. Um, and um, some, some, there's going to be a Ms. Thing. It's mm-hmm. going to be some chick in the Thing exoskeleton I suit. worked with a couple of those Ms. Things. Oh! Hey! So I'm, I'm really apprehensive about the direction that uh, Fantastic Four and FF may be going, but if, if I'm going to stay with it until it burns me. If they let Fraction do his stream of conscious writing, yeah. it will be a ride that will just, uh, that will, that will rival Morrison, where I, where Fraction is more grounded and okay. can give you a roadmap as to okay. what his weirdness means. See, I don't think, I, I think, um, uh, Morrison, he gives you weird weirdness, and he doesn't give you a roadmap, and you right. really have to stretch to put those points together. Fraction gives you weirdness, and then it's like he explains it, and it's like, oh my, gosh, interesting. That makes sense. So I don't, I don't know what else Fraction's done. I, I read most well, he, of Fraction's he, Iron Man uh, run from. He, he wrote this independent book called Casanova, okay. which I don't know if you remember, I once brought it in one day, talked about it, and then I showed you the chart that I had to draw oh, to I do remember make you talking about sense that. of it, Wow! because it was dealing with parallel universes and multiple similar timelines, and it was so much fun. And that was the thing, is that it's all this weird stuff. Gives you a payoff at the end. That's cool. To where it's just like, yes, I get this. Well, I'm hopeful but apprehensive. Um, um, Hickman is um, uh, Hickman is apparently going to move and take over one or some of the Avengers titles, which kind of excites me because Hickman has these incredible sci-fi ideas, and I can't wait to see what he does with the Avengers. Which seems like it seems like a weird fit. Um, until you read um, Ultimate Comics' The Ultimates. And I um, I had the first three or four issues <clears throat> before I stopped buying comics back in January. And um, <clears throat> last month I just said, you know, I, I was reading Hickman stuff and, and I ended up reading the first three issues. It's just like, I, I've, I've got to go. I, I've got to go find the rest of them. In the first three issues... Um, um, the children of tomorrow <clears throat> show up in Europe. They create this thing called the dome. They enclose themselves, and time runs faster inside the dome than outside. So, in a period of a few hours, a few days, a week or two, whatever it is, um, the the people inside the dome have lived for a thousand years. And not necessarily people are living for a thousand years, but there's been a thousand years of history inside this dome. Sure carefully crafted by the maker who turns out to be a, a, an important figure in, in in Marvel Comics in the Ultimate Marvel line um, which to me was an incredible surprise a big big time shock but it makes sense when you think about it considering you know what had happened in the Ultimate Universe up to that point um, although I didn't read the storyline that, that that took this character out of ultimate continuity to be reintroduced mysteriously and then more overtly here in the ultimates um but um again it's just the idea is that uh uh 
the ideas that Hickman has are just amazing. And with issue 12, he left the series. And now I'm very sad because some guy named Humphreys is writing it. And they spent two issues with storyline by Hickman and uh, script by Humphreys. And hopefully there's simpatico. You know, hopefully Humphreys carries the line. I've got, I picked up issues 13 and 14 today and I'm going to give them a shot and I'm going to cross my fingers. Um, so, you know, pray for me. I like Hickman's mainstream stuff. I didn't care for the uh, nightly news. Okay, and I've never, oh, I I never tried that. that man. I didn't care for that at all. I got through like three issues, and my biggest problem with nightly news, I didn't know how to read it. I didn't know how That's to, how to, of, <laughs> how to navigate the page. The layout, the art was really <laughs> different, and I didn't want, you know, I don't like to think when I'm reading a book. I like to be... I guess led by the hand as far as what to read next. I don't want to have to look at it, try to figure out. Well, I, the other thing is that the the font choice was hard to read yeah. too. I dug the artwork, but it just man, it was just hard to just where do you, where do you go? And after a while, when it becomes like you said, work to read it, it loses its it loses its value. It's not fun to read then. <laughs> it's work and I, you know, I want to read because it's fun. Yeah. All right, oh, let's wrap it up. Well, we did good. I, okay, well, I managed to I managed to squeeze another, uh, you know, I managed to bilk the audience out of another uh, 10 minutes of their lives, so that little tangent. Um, it was my pleasure. The, uh, I found this last one, we'll end it, uh, yes. about uh, why the Watchtower someone yeah. wrote the lyrics and the meaning parallel humanities Journey in the search for the value of life. I think that's simple. Enough. That makes a lot more sense. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening to a half hour wasted. We have. Uh, if you want to drop us an email, send it to halfhourwasted at gmail dot com. Uh, but with that, I'm Frank. Don't forget to write. Oh yeah, turge, turge, turge at halfhourwasted dot com. What is that? And, and Bill. Okay. We'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted.